I was angry with my friend. I told my wrath. My wrath did end. I was angry with my foe. I told it not. My wrath did grow. And I watered it in fears, night and morning with my tears. And I sunned it with smiles and with soft, deceitful wiles. And it grew both day and night till it bore an apple bright. And my foe beheld it shine, and he knew that it was mine. And into my garden stole, when the night had veiled the pole, and the morning glad I see my foe outstretched beneath the tree. All right, so while this is a short poem, there is a lot to get into. It's very in-depth. So I felt that the speaker felt entrapped by his slash hers wrath of his slash her foe, yet pleased at the physical manifestations of their wrath. So just a theme that I picked up immediately reading this is consequences, and primarily the consequences of the wrath, of the pent-up anger. And I felt like this is shown best by the rhyme scheme, and that's uh, A-A-B-B, close rhyme scheme. I feel like this shows a direct consequence because... It does not deviate from this at all. The There are no rhymes that deviate from this rhyme scheme at all. And I feel like that's almost formulaic, and that relates to the anger, because he held it in, or she held it in, for so long, and then it obviously turned violent at the end, where the foe is presumably killed by the speaker. We don't know that for sure, but it's inferred. So, yeah, I felt like the rhyme scheme really showed the direct consequences in that. Also, the last line of the poem says, My foe outstretched beneath the tree. And when I read this, I kind of thought about it for a second. And while it could mean that the foe was killed, it could also mean that the foe is a part of the tree now which means that the speaker will always connect the foe with the physical manifestations of the speaker's wrath. So whatever the speaker did to the foe, the speaker will always connect the foe to what the speaker did to the foe. Um, And this obviously pleases the speaker, which in the second to last line of the poem it says, in the morning, glad I see. Another big theme in this poem, I thought, was growth. And this was like a paradox or an oxymoron to me. Because for two ways. The growth is a growth of suppression. So he's talking about how his wrath grew, but he had to suppress it at the same time. And also growth is associated with positive feelings. But here the growth is negative. It's the growth of wrath. So I think there's kind of an oxymoron there. And in addition to this restriction of wrath, the diction in this poem is restricted overall. For example, in the first stanza, only the word I is used to start the poems. This could be seen as the narrator being narcissistic or obsessive. Um, maybe obsessed with himself or herself. Also, 
the diction is restricted in the first stanza when they say foe and friend. They don't say the name of the foe or friend, suggesting that the only relevance of the friend and foe is how they make the speaker feel. Um, I feel like this restriction of diction also makes the poem relate to us all. Because if they put a name, we couldn't relate to it. But if they put foe, we can be like, oh, sometimes I let my feelings get the best of me or I don't tell my feelings like I should, like I do with my friends. But when it's your foe, you're more quick to suppress those feelings. And if you suppress those feelings, you can just lash out. Um, lastly, I think the speaker is overall a pessimistic person. And I thought this because his only true emotions are fears and tears in, this, in the poem. But he has some positive emotions, saying smiles and wiles. But these are fronts for his wrath because it's sunned with smiles and soft, deceitful wiles. Now, he also says he's glad to see his foe outstretched beneath the tree, but I don't think this makes him a happy person. I think he's just, I'm not sure if this is a true form of happiness, true form of joy, because it's just him seeing his foe defeated, which secretly I don't think we like to see our enemies defeated. I think we like to build those bridges. And so, yeah, that's just some analysis of the poem A Poison Tree by William Blake. I hope you enjoyed.